Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. We heard from General Manager Brian Gutekinds this afternoon. Thanks to everyone. Many of you I've seen already uh, were with me this afternoon. Uh, Join the watch party for Goody's Presser. Um, got a bunch of headlines out of it, obviously. But A number one for me, Jair Alexander ain't going nowhere. And it's kind of wild to me that people... Uh, were pontificating about his future in Green Bay after he came back from suspension and I thought looked apart. And Brian Gutekunst saying he was proud of how Jair responded to that situation. Um, but there was chatter, as there always seems to be, across the internet about a possible trade, moving on, moving forward, etc. I'm glad to know he is a uh, building block for this contending window that Brian's trying to open. Um, Jair, I think, will look revitalized in a new defensive scheme, of which now we know there will definitely be one. Um, how specifically uh, Halfley decides to utilize him will be interesting to watch. I don't think there's anything set in stone. One of the things I did find interesting about Brian talking about the defensive side of the ball, specifically how there was going to be conversation with some vets about how they fit and where they're going to play, and pretty much openly admitting that the back end of the defense needs a pretty significant overhaul. Uh, but Jair Alexander will be part of those plans. And I think for as much frustration as there was both on and off the field for Jair this season, I think we're going to see a very different player in 2024. And I think the fact that he still has all of the talent that made him one of the best corners in the game prior to his injuries uh, I don't doubt for a moment that we are going to see the return of that type of player. And I'm excited for it. Hello to everybody in the comments section. So good to see you all. Hope you're all doing well. Got a couple of super chats to start us off here, starting with Ian. Thanks, buddy. Were those 12 and four Packer teams from the early 2000s ever as good as their record? Seemed easily eliminated in the playoffs, sadly. Ian, I think you could say that about most Packers teams uh, throughout the course of the last 20 years. I mean, there were a few that obviously made some deep runs but i mean look when you ask that question the 12 and 4 teams especially you know there's one team in particular that ended with the you know first loss ever the first postseason loss ever at lambeau field in the atlanta game where mike vick kind of unveiled himself to the world and said i'm here to destroy all your dreams and hopes if you're a green bay packers fan that was a tough one to watch i've actually talked to matt bowen about that game because matt played in that game and, you know, as horrific as it was for fans watching that night, uh, Packers fans anyway, I'm sure Falcons fans were enjoying it. Uh, but on the field, and I'm Matt talking about how, like, there was this kind of growing realization that everything they had worked on all week and all the plans they had to try and slow Vic down were just not going to work. And it was everything they could do just to keep him contained, let alone try to stop what he was doing, especially, obviously, with his legs. But um, there were so many plays in that game where I remember Kabir would beat the tackle pretty easily and have him dead to rights, and Vic would just make a move, and he'd be off to the races. I mean, it was hard, man. I mean, people remember, I think most the modern internet age, folks remember Kaep Kaepernick running all over the Packers in that playoff game out in San Francisco. But Mike Vic running all over the Packers is, thankfully for my heart, kind of been shoved away and a bit forgotten about just not as recent. Right. But it was every bit as heartbreaking. So, and then the other one, you talk about these 12 and 14 teams. the other one that 
whoo, baby, they won a game. They won their first playoff game that year. But then there was the uh, the game in, I believe it was, was it St. Louis at the time? It was against the Rams where Favre threw, what, five interceptions? I remember I was watching that one at Houdini's in Appleton. That's right. Shout out old school Houdini's. Um, and there was a point where we just started taking shots every time he threw a pick. And by the end of that game, I was gone. Good times. Good times. But, yeah, those teams were good. They obviously marched through, was it the, still the Central back then? They, were, they owned the division. You know, they won a lot of those games. And, you know, they, they were up to the Pepsi Challenge with, against most of the league. But, you know, they, you know, they ran into some buzzsaws in the playoffs. No question about it. Pac-Man, what's going on? New DC could be good, could be bad. The bar is on the ground. Just clear that. I'm a glass halfly full kind of guy. Hashtag go pack go. Y'all are so creative. That's what I like. <laughs> Thanks, Pac-Man. Craig, what's going on? Thanks so much for the super chat. Just finished up the presser watch party you did. What is nerdier, watching the watch party live with both streams or the dork who meticulously synced up the replay so he could hear your comments and goots? Keep it up. Craig, the fact that not only did you do that, but then you super chatted about it. That is pinnacle, man. That is outstanding. You know what's funny is I almost I was gonna make a note in the comment uh, description of the video um, about where you could start on the Packers YouTube page as far as like if you wanted to go ahead and sync it up. But I legit thought to myself, no one's that nerdy. You've cleared the bar, my friend. Well done. I'm impressed. Chris, what's going on? After watching Halfley's tell-all interview, I was impressed by how he carried himself and his beliefs. Also love that he has head coaching experience. I do think the head coaching experience is interesting, you know, just because you get an understanding of how everything works and is put together and the pull on guys' time, especially when you're considering, like, special teams and things of that nature, I do think it it's helpful for a coach to get that perspective, right? And, yes, I, I thought that interview was very, very interesting. I absolutely loved some of the things he talked about when it came to the differences between the college game and the pro game. And the fact that he has experience in both is exciting. Something I talked about last night. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there, man. Chris Dorsey, what's up? Is it September yet? Man, it's going to be a long off season. Uh, hey, look, the, the nice thing is, is the Packers actually played a couple extra games. So we're closer to say the, combine and then so i mean hell we're in senior bowl week right now and then it'll be the combine before we know it and the draft will sneak up on us no i kid about that the draft always takes for ever. that's really the first slog you know now it all kind of happens right we got super bowl we got well, at least we got senior bowl we got super bowl we'll have the combine like no time and then then pro days right and then uh, and then oh my god we gotta wait forever for the draft that's that's the that's the tough stretch Terminal Frost, what's going on, man? I just hope to see our defenders jump in front of a receiver instead of eight yards behind them. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things I keep going back to when I look at this past season in particular, but kind of Barry's entire tenure. Man, the fact that we had so few pass breakups and or even defensive backs or linebackers or safeties anywhere near wide receivers oftentimes. Like, I'm fine with a penalty or two, but God, can we cover some dudes and maybe break up some passes? Looking forward to that revelation in Green Bay in 2024. Joe, what's up? 
Fans who hated Barry's too-high shell scheme should like Halfley's scheme a lot better. Goot just has to find the next Nick Collins to make it all work. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I don't think you need a Nick Collins-level guy, and I've seen this a lot. Like, they have to have an all-star there, an all-pro at that single high safety if you're playing a lot of middle field closed. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Yes, you need talent there. No question about it. I don't think you need a superstar. Um, would it be nice to have one? Yes, of course. You'd like a superstar at every position, right? Um, but I just don't think people need to fret and or kind of panic as as Packers fans wants um, if they don't end up, you know, with a guy who's highly touted or make some big free agent signing or if that doesn't transpire, that doesn't mean it can't be successful. They can't make it work. I think they can. Um, I mean, again, would it be nice to find that kind of guy in the draft? Sure. Absolutely. Del Aroz, what's up? With our new DC, would you send the Bills pick back to bring back Sewell? Would be interesting to put him at safety and let him ball hawk. Why, 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 why are you all so obsessed with Sewell at safety? I mean, he's not even in Green Bay anymore, and we're still talking about Sewell at safety. Something that literally no one in that building has talked about or even contemplated, other than when they're asked by the media or the public. Sewell's balling out as a corner. Why on earth would he want to turn and be a safety? And also, no, they're not sending that pick back to the Bills. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. Lambo Leo, what's going on, man? I heard that we hired not Joe Barry. Good here. Man, look, I know Joe was frustrating, and that system took years off my life, but he can't hurt us anymore, and I, I wish him nothing but the best in his next endeavor whatever that may turn out to be of course if he signs and works for a division rival i hope he loses a lot his team anyway but yeah i got i got no animosity towards joe barry any thoughts on brian's free agent comments andrew i'm glad you asked because i had a couple people tag me in those quotes from some of the guys on the beat who were you know putting out brian's missives man he says this all the time like, I understand, yes, they could potentially, quote, be a bit more aggressive or have a signing or two. And yes, that could happen. But this idea that they're going to, like, attack the top flight free agents, nah. I'll believe that when I see it. Again, I think, yes, he will undoubtedly look through the free agent ranks and he will parse through things probably second, third wave of free agency. They make a signing on day one, I'll be pretty surprised. If they make a signing week one, I'll be pretty surprised. Not shocked, but surprised. Most of that, most of that. I'm not going to say hot air, but it's just, you know, pretty performative. JP, what's going on? Have to prioritize at least having a pulse on defense in this era. <laughs> People can say that 12 and the O could have been better in some games, but Lombardi was raised the one year we were top 10. Can't waste. Yes, um, just, yes. I mean, I wish I had a, a more involved answer for you, but yeah, it would be nice to have hell competent defense more often than not. A defense you could count on more often than not. Let alone, look, I look, if we end up with our schemes and plans at 1265 Lombardi, fielding a defense that is actually somewhat physical 
and takes the ball away and is an asset to wins and losses. I'm all about that life. But it's been so long. It's <laughs> been so long. Yeah, man, I feel you. I absolutely feel you. Uh, Glenn, what's going on, man? Did Goot tease trading picks for veterans? Yeah, I mean, I saw that people kind of reacted to that. I mean, I think more than anything, that's just being in every conversation, being open to every possibility for improving your roster. I think that's what that's about. And hey, could it happen? Sure. But we know how this goes when it comes to Goody and the Packers. And it's not just Goody, it was Ted too. You know, they'll get in, in those conversations and once it is apparent that someone is available, other teams will get in those conversations. And I highly doubt that the Packers are ever going to have the most aggressive offer. Okay, Brian can prove me totally wrong this offseason. But I'm not holding my breath on it. Have I read any good Packers books lately? Brett, no, not as of late. Um, when we get deeper into the offseason is usually when I start hitting that up. I kind of read When Pride Still Mattered pretty much every off I'm not kind of I do read when pride still mattered every single off season so when I start I'll let you guys know maybe we can have a read-along or a book club or something Frank what's going around with a possible change to 4-3 how would you handle the inside backer situation seems like a bit of a log jam to have that many inside backers at a 4-3 well it's I'm glad you brought that up man because I think that's the one area of, uh, I mean where it gets really interesting because with safety, you're like, okay, we need new safeties. Like that's not hard. Right. But at backer, um, I was talking to somebody today who played in the league, who we were kind of going through the Packers roster and we both had the exact same thought when it came to Quay Walker. If you are going to a four, three now, as Brian said, you're a four, two, five nickel league. Like that's basically what it is. Right. But if you're really going to four, three principles and you're looking at these these linebackers quay is a will in the traditional four three he should absolutely be your weak side backer you should not be your middle backer and i think he could easily slide into that role but again i don't see them utilizing a ton of base four three like yes they'll have looks where they have four guys down um more often than not though you're going to be in nickel right i just think yeah he to me is a classic will and this idea that they've tried to kind of mold him into a middle backer. I think he'd be so much better in a traditional will like a lot more free flowing, utilize his, his ability to just his explosiveness, right? Either, uh, you know, sideline to sideline, getting after ball carriers or getting after the quarterback. But, I don't, I'm on a, I won't say he's wasted at inside back or middle linebacker, but I think he'd be so much better suited to the will. That's just my kind of thinking. And like I was saying, someone else I was talking to today, it was interesting because we both were about to say it and we both went, yeah, right. Um, and I think with Devondre, and I've talked about this here, it's not new for anyone who's watched this channel for any length of time. I just think, you know, with the injuries he's suffered the last couple of years, it's really tough to project him as finding that form that we saw from him that first year in Green Bay. And I hate to say it, I think he's done great stuff for the Packers in his time in Green Bay, but I will not be surprised if they move on there. And I know there are cap, cap implications, but 
I do think they're going to have, they're going to force themselves to get better in that regard. I think McDuffie is a great depth piece. I don't see him as a frontline starter. So that's where you've got some work to do. If you're Brian Gutekunst. Now that's all just my kind of view of things. I'm sure Brian sees it differently, but we'll see. Uh, Mimsy, what's going on, man? What was up with what was up with the Joe could stay in Green Bay rumor? I think that's mostly people just leaving their options open. I know Rob wrote that in the very first kind of breaking story about Joe Barry getting fired. Um, I think most people are almost always, at least if they're smart, they're going to lean on, oh, yeah, we're keeping all our options open. Sure, when Rob has told this information, it's someone with the Packers, maybe on the staff, maybe Matt himself, who knows, but saying, yeah, oh, he he could stick around. There's that possibility is in existence, right? And I imagine whoever tells that to Rob actually totally means it. But you're just keeping your options open. Like, I don't think there was ever, oh, yeah, we're definitely bringing him back, and then there was a mind change, right? I think most of this stuff is, okay, we're, it's like the same reporting last night from Thamel about uh, the Halfley hire. You know, when his initial report was, oh, there could be plenty of people kept on staff. And then you get to this morning, and I think it was Spoon who put out there, like, no, he's going to bring in his own guys, et cetera, right? I don't doubt for a moment that the initial reporting is what they're hearing and being told because guys are keeping their options open. More often, like, that's the smart thing to do, right? Rather than say, oh, yeah, we're getting rid of everybody. And then you do keep someone. And they're like, well, why did you do that? You said you were going to do this other thing. Like, that has more often than not how that works. Johnny, what's going on, man? My favorite rando Packers are the brothers of good players. EQ, Max McCaffrey, and Emery Smith. <laughs> they deserve a wing in our Hall of Fame, too. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. In fact, we could make that the... Uh, in Corey's house, he has what he... He's always called the did not qualify stairwell where he wants to hang pictures of guys who played on teams that didn't get to the playoffs. Right. But we could easily kind of maneuver and make that the uh, brothers of good players in green Bay. I like that. Joe, what's up, man? Random Packers, Barry Smith and Barty Smith Packer first round picks in 73 and 74. Yes. I'm old enough to remember Joe throwing it down out here for the olds. You love to see it. Adrian, how you doing, man? What has caused Goody's incredible drafting over the past two years? Is it good luck or a change in strategy? That's an interesting question, Adrian. I don't know exactly what's transpired to make Gutekunst suddenly hit on all these picks, right? Like, these last two drafts have been excellent. There's zero doubt about that. Um, the early returns on this year's draft class are beyond phenomenal. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to be great long-term, but the start is good, right? And last year's class looks pretty damn good as well. And it will certainly be a contributing factor to what happens over the course of the next three, four, five years. But yeah, as far as process, it's not really something you can really pick apart because we're not privy to it, right? And I've talked to guys who were in that building who've gone on to jobs in Cleveland and Philly. And, you know, they've all said that, like, the process remains the same. And even when they first started in Green Bay to when they left to when they still talk to their friends who are still in Green Bay, nothing really changes. Now, there are small tweaks. There are maybe like informational gathering, you know, operations and things of that nature that may change over the course of time. 
But what they're looking for, how they go about it, the process of review and all of that, that's pretty much the bedrock of how they've worked since Ron Wolf took over, right? Who gave Goody his first job. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's a real tough one. It's a real tough nut to crack because it's obvious, right? I mean, you can't deny how impressive these last two draft classes have been, especially when you compare them to earlier classes under Gutekunst, other than maybe Jordan Love. And then, look, he also Rashawn Gary. He's had Jair. He's had some hits, you know, but not in bulk like this. It's a good question. I don't know if there's ever going to be a, a, a straight through-line answer to it, though, you know? Relax142, how you doing, man? Bears still suck. That is correct. That is correct. Tell him what he's won. A lifetime of superiority over all Chicago Bears fans that he knows in his life. All right. Excellent. Christopher, how you doing, man? Halfley's intro presser by Monday, right? I don't know, man. Really depends on their schedule. I would suspect they'll get him out in front of a microphone at some point, but not necessarily like right away or even anytime soon. Maybe we don't hear from him until training camp. I doubt that, but there's no requirement that they make him available. So we'll see. Hopefully. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm pulling for it. Nick, how are you, man? Aaron Jones, 2024. That is all. I think that's our that's our rallying cry. That's our that's our campaign poster, right? Aaron Jones, 2024. I think that's it. I think we need uh you know a campaign poster with Aaron Jones. 2024, a picture of Aaron and a Lombardi trophy. And that's it. That's our rallying cry. I'm down with this. I love to be in this. I love to be in this group. She said, Ali, what's going on, man? Does 12 still own the Bears or was ownership transferred to 10? I mean, early returns would suggest that they are co-owners. I mean, really, along with Aaron, there's also Brett. Because Brett owned the Bears as well. Though it's really feeling like it's, you know, kind of a timeshare thing. They all just kind of pass the keys, you know, which is fine. It's, nothing's changing anytime soon. Mimsy, how you doing? A better D is step one to restore Matt LaFleur on transplants. <laughs> Man, look, the whole transplants thing is its own kind of vibe. And I understand why Matt has not wanted to come on a Yahoo-driven YouTube show the last couple of years as they transition out of Aaron into Jordan and really trying to solidify himself in Green Bay. Doesn't want some random quotes from our stupid butts asking him questions and laughing and drinking beer. And it's probably not the, uh, you know, the image you want out there. So hopefully at some point we'll get him back. But yeah, it, I'm not surprised in the last couple seasons. Crash, what's up, man? Thanks for all your great content and insights this year, Nags. DC feels like the bow on twenty, the bow on twenty twenty three. Pump for next year and more exciting Packer football. Go Pack Go! I mean, yes, I would be lying if it doesn't feel like oh my, like the ex exhaling of an incredibly deep breath that there's going to be a new direction on the defensive side of the ball. And look, I'm not sitting here promising or thinking that the defense is going to be, quote, fixed or totally different slash good slash better, but just a new approach. Much like getting Aaron out of town and the entire vibe around the team changing, kind of looking forward to that happening on the defensive side of the ball because we certainly 
saw that happen on the offensive side this season. And I'm ready for a new, fresh beginning on defense. No question about it. All right, buddy. I got to get going. I can't thank you guys enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Patreon members, carry the G Club members. Don't forget, this week's happy hour is at 6 p.m. Eastern. So in a little over half an hour, uh, we'll be on Zoom, cutting it up, drinking some beer, talking some ball. Maybe Harold will read us a poem if we're in. We're in, we're in our good graces. Um, in the meantime, please hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.